Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of The Mountains We Climb. In each episode, we'll be diving into the mind of someone who has overcome significant challenge and adversity in their life so that we as the listeners can see what is really possible and what it really takes to get that. I'm your host, Jordan Kilpatrick-Smith, and today with me is Becky and Ethan Spicer, a couple who became dedicated to changing their lives and lost a combined weight of 300 pounds. We're going to be exploring how they succeeded where millions of others have failed. Guys, thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, thank you. Just before we start, I want to remind everyone that you can post your comments and questions live throughout the episodes in the comment section right below this stream. Ethan and Becky, where do we start? Where does where does your journey through weight start? Right. Well, um, for me personally, um, I grew up a, a rather large uh, kid, around eight or nine. Um, my parents had split up a few years prior. Um, didn't have you know a positive role model around me, um, and life was kind of hectic. Um, my mom struggled with some issues. Um, that you know, I internalized, and food was a really safe place for me to go as a coping mechanism, as it is for millions of human beings the globe around. And um, in school, I would receive a lot of bullying, a lot of um, you know torment for this. I went to a very sheltered private school originally. Um, then in middle school, I kind of crossed over to the great unknown public schools, and there I became um, the victim of like what nowadays would be considered sexual harassment right in the locker room like I was treated very poorly I was a larger kid kids would grab me touch me as I'm changing like things that really messed with my head on the way home um, from school every day I got to look forward to car stopping and calling me names or the older kids picking up like vegetables out of gardens and chucking them at my head just things all because I was kind of targeted for being the new big kid in school um, and that really really like kind of damaged my psyche to the point where like I just kind of bottled it up and food became a coping mechanism. It was something that we did as a family together, um, you know, and so it was a celebratory act. So I started to associate food with happiness um, and as an escape, and that kind of just continued on until my adult life. Um, you know, as an adult, I felt a lot of rejection from society from being viewed bigger. Um, you know, I could see people talking about me or looking at me and it all kind of got into my head space. Um, and I just kind of came to, to these negative thoughts, these, uh, you know, self-doubt, this lack of self-esteem all stemming from, you know, being a big kid in society, something that, you know, is, is heart hurting and painful, you know, Becky. So, uh, sorry, just before we go to you, Becky, yeah. Ethan, there's a lot in there. <laughs> yeah. So when we are looking at school, right, yeah. you're growing up in school, you're getting picked on, bullied constantly for, for being the big kid, right? Right. Like you're saying people would throw vegetables at you. Yeah. Like when, when I'd walk home, okay, so I'd walk, you know, behind the school to the main road and I would walk, you know, home. Well, as I'm walking, there would be, um, you know, just kids who are, you know, walking home as well but I'd be walking home all by myself and they would see this car stop its car and scream, hey, you fat expletive at me, you know, as I'm saying there. So I'd, you know, maybe start crying. And then they thought, this is funny, this kid's getting picked on for being big. So these eighth grade, um, you know, taller kids would pick up um, out of the yards, you know, like there'd be stuff growing in the yards, plants, vegetables, I think it was like cabbages specifically out of this person's yard, just take a handful of whatever this giant, you know, very 
you know, now as an adult, I'm envious of this person's garden because they have vegetables <laughs> everywhere, right? But, uh, you know, it was this big lot on the corner when you turned from like the back streets to the main road and these kids would just take a habit of picking it up, um, you know, grabbing a handful of either dirt or growing vegetables or whatever and just throw them at the back of my head. And I didn't even respond to it. You know, I just just got little tears down my face and I'm just walking home, you know? So what was that like for you to go through those very like, those years really set the tone for who mm-hmm. we show up as in the world, right? So what was that like for you to, to go through that? Um, you know, it was, it was very um, impactful in that it created this sense of, you know, maybe I'm not this awesome person I thought I was. My mom and dad had a tendency, had a tendency to only shower me with very positivity, with, with positive praise, and to tell me I'm able to accomplish anything. And I was sent to a, a school that was very small, um, through all of elementary school that really focused on creativity, multiple intelligence, thinking, and it wasn't within the frameworks of what you would consider uh, conceptual education, common education. Um, so like I had this whole different way, this outlook, like I'm, I'm very, you know, sure I'm, I'm a great person. I can accomplish anything. Everyone around me is nice. It's this little sheltered existence. And then all of a sudden I'm thrust into the world of public schools and um, I'm from Rockford, Illinois. And at one point a judge said, Rockford was so good at discrimination, they turned it into an art form within the educational system, right? Like wow. we have broken, we had a broken education system um, where we have kids from all walks of life. And a lot of these lower income kids have been discriminated against systematically. I mean, they've been destroyed. Um, and then a lot of the kids who just see me as this outcast are also, you know, upset with me. And so I have just, there's no group that's really accepting of me. And, you know, at the time I was so upset with everyone. And as an adult, I'm like, everyone was hurting. They were just taking it out on me, yeah. you know, and I wish I had that knowledge you know, now that I have back then, but I didn't, I just thought there's something the matter with me. Yeah. So I internalized that and there's something deeply wrong with me. Otherwise people would be nicer to me the way yeah. I try. And you know, it kind of hurt. when you internalize it, like, what does that, what does that feel like to almost have like the, all of these external sources pointing at you and being like, you're messed up. Right. Eventually, it's like, you know, it's, it's just gradual. They're saying I messed up. They're saying I messed up. What if I messed up? I could be messed up. I must be messed up. I guess I messed up. Why am I messed up? Why couldn't I be like them? You know? Yeah. Trails. Yeah. So eventually, it, it, it's from a doubt to like, I'm certain that they're right. Yeah. Yeah. So you start to believe them, right? And you start to believe and create this image for yourself that I am messed up. Is that right? exactly thank you yeah that's that's tough and then it creates this vicious cycle where we turn to the food which is the comfort Uh right yeah Yeah. i mean i can remember (laughs) my friends going out or um doing something and i'd even be you know hey do you want to do it and it's like the thought of having to go and be singled out or what if somebody makes a joke i'm just going to sit here order a pizza and watch some tgif because step by step will never hurt me you know like you know that's, that's totally. kind of was as like an eighth grade kid and now I have an eighth grader and you know like with everything shut down it's destroying him to not go out and I'm like man he really has a good compared to me because this kid really has friends and he's suffering and if there was a pandemic I would have been like time to play Final Fantasy now I don't gotta worry <laughs> about it anymore you know yeah yeah okay great thank you and Becky where's your story start 
Well, you know, I come from a long line, a long line of lifelong dieters. (laughs) Um, So I guess I wasn't raised thinking I had a problem. I was more raised thinking you can fix it. You can fix it. It'll be okay. You know? So, I mean, I think I joined my first weight loss group with my mom and my grandma when I was like 10 or 11 years old, which is tops, take off pounds sensibly. (laughs) So it was me and a large room full of, you know, whom I love dearly, middle-aged women. (laughs) And, you know, it just was kind of surreal to me. And and slowly my mom quit going and my grandma was just dropping me off. I'm like, wait a minute, like what's going on here? You know? Yeah. But, um, you know, I've watched them do diet workshop. My whole life was my mom dieting from one diet to the next, you know, stories of my grandma when she was younger, she wouldn't even leave her house after she got married. Like she, she wouldn't go to her kids' baseball games, nothing, you know, it's just, been such an issue for me once I got to be I also went to a small private school and my mom worked there she was the lunch lady (laughs) so I didn't really get picked on so much that way but I learned very young in life if I cracked the joke I was making them laugh they weren't laughing at me I was providing that laughter for them so for me it just became you know, second nature to just make fun of myself. You know, if I went to a party and like somebody looked at me sideways, I'm like, I know, right. They brought the fat girl, you know, or whatever, you know, just break that ice. Like we don't have to, you don't have to be mean. I know who I am. I know what I look like to you, you know? And I guess for me, it's just kind of always been like my shield, you know, just, just make a joke of it. I mean, I've done tops, weight watchers. I've done Jenny Craig. I paid $1,300 to learn how to starve myself. I, um, I mean, you name it, I've done it. If I could have that money back, be in a much nicer house. (laughs) I think one of the, one of the diet doctors I went to ended up like he skipped the country. Really? Yeah. And he was in Rockford, you know, it was probably fine. It's legit. It's fine. Just, (laughs) Just some more pills. No big deal. But, um, you know, it got to a point when I had kids and even our oldest was, he was, pretty overweight when he was younger um and he's from my previous marriage whom my ex-husband also struggled with weight (laughs) we stick together um but it just got to a point where I'm watching kids look at them different and that's not okay with me but for me I don't want them to feel like they need to fit into this mold to to be this person and if I can show them at 40 that I can yes I am 41 now if I can show them that I can do this now, there's no reason you can't do it at your age, you know? And just the difference in watching me not be able to play with them to be able to play with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, go for a bike ride and not be like, oh my, what now? You know? Totally. I have to go for my oldest for numerous walks a day. He tells me no all the time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm out yeah. there. I'm doing it. Yeah. It just That's... got to a point where... I mean, we couldn't go on rides with our kids. Mm-hmm. We were exhausted at Universal Studio. I mean, heat equaled misery. You know, most people enjoyed summertime. Get out of school, go do fun stuff, and we're like, uh, we're gonna stay home today. It's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So, for you, it was like this. It was much more normal for you, right? The being overweight. I guess I made it my normal. You know, okay. um, it just was all around me. I went to a, my, my issues with school and fitting in that way were more financial because my parents sent me to this private school. My mom had to work two jobs to send us there. You know what I mean? So I was trying not to be the poor kid. I had more yeah. important 
to worry about. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, like, okay, whatever. I can wear some tight pants and, and we'll be okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can't fundamentally just change who you are, where you come from, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. And then so you got to a point where you saw that your kids were going through the same Mm-hmm. this through the same path that you had gone through right and you wanted to show them that you know what this is not the the only path for you and i'm going to show you at 40 that this is possible i mean the destructive paths that being overweight and wanting to to be this person that society tells you you should be is i mean I used drugs for years. I partied for years. But again, if you're the life of the party, if you're, you know what I mean? And I think, I feel like it all just kind of blended together for me. Right. And I finally had to be like, you know what, if I can fix this, I don't need that. If I can really just get to the root of the problem, then I'm not going to need anything like that. Right. So the root of the weight problem is that you don't need the drugs and the partying. Is right. that what you're saying? I, I just need to fix the issue. You know what I mean? I can't, there's no filling that hole. There's nothing's going to fill that hole, you know? Yeah. When you come down, you're going to eat something anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so. And what do you, so now going into, uh, as we move forward, like, what was that for you? What was that thing? What was that hole that needed to be filled, that you needed to address? What was the actual root issue that you were dealing with? For me, it was family life. For me, it was just a matter of watching people enjoy their kids and enjoy their time and, and not be miserable. You know, like it was all four of us were unhealthy. You know, I'm like, come on, Ethan, come on, let's go, let's go. They're up, they're up ahead, they're up ahead. And then we've got one 10 feet back, like, come on, come on. You know, right. it just everything just seemed like chaos. You just couldn't get anything together, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, I needed more better quality of life. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, so and lose weight, and I just I needed to do something, something that I knew was going to work. Not another scam. Not another thousand dollars. Not another you know packaged meal. You know I need to be able to exist in real life and make real life decisions and choose what I'm going to put into my mouth and be accountable for those things. Yeah. There's only one way to do it successfully. Yeah. Got and so, so that was the motivation for you, right? It was like, do this for my family. Yes. What was, what was missing in your life that caused you to continue to be overweight? Or was there something missing? Like, what was that, what was the hole that, that you were trying to fill? I feel like it just was like a weighted blanket. Like, I already know this is my cross to bear, you know? And I know that I can hide in this. You know, if I, if I don't want to go somewhere, I can sit at home and, you know, eat a box of candy bars. As a matter of fact, when I was like 12 years old, we were selling like world's finest chocolate for school or something. My mom found the whole box in my room. I mean, it's just always been that way. Like have a bad day. Let's try and fill it. Try and fill it. Let's Mm -hmm. forget about it. This makes me happy. This tastes good. But also we didn't have a lot of money. My mom worked night shift. You know, we did a lot of dominoes as kids. It's affordable to eat fast food. You know, it's easy to take care of kids when you run to a drive-thru. It's, you know, and after working all day, I'm sure my dad didn't want to sit in the kitchen and prepare us dinner. <laughs> right. And I would say, you know, for me, a big part of it is, is loneliness, this fear of loneliness and these experiences of loneliness mm-hmm. I've had over my life, right? So like as a kid growing up, I, I lived in a household, I had four siblings and I had a cousin that stayed with us half the time. Um, my dad wasn't around, he moved to Vegas, but my mom was there. But 
it, with all these people, I was still lonely. You know, I missed my dad. I didn't have that and everything going on so much that I didn't have a lot of, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with anyone. Me and my little brother kind of were raising each other for a long time because it was just, that's what we had. And then as I hit adolescence, um, you know, girls didn't want anything to do with me. So I was lonely in that regard. And I started to develop this belief that, you know, I'm seeing my mom, she's not, you know, remarrying anybody. She's going to be growing old by herself, you know, and that's my destiny too. Like I am going to forever not have someone there for me or not have someone around, or I'm just going to be stuck in my own head. And like, I, I try to activate and, you know, occupy my brain as much as possible because I don't like that, that pain. I think we all live with, I think we live in an interconnected society digitally and, you know, physically to the point where a lot of people don't just sit with their pain. You know, they don't just sit with themselves and reflect on who they are and what their well-being should look like. And, you know, I've become addicted to trying to, to, to stifle those thoughts, you know, um, you know, and you have to really sit with them and you have to really sit with this, this acknowledgement of who you are and why you feel the way you are to feel better. Um, that's something I think a lot of us can live our whole lives, including me up until recently could do, um, you know, yeah. and get away with it. if for people who are listening to this, when you're listening to the recording after, I want you to pause right now, go back 30 seconds and listen to that again, because Ethan, that is, man, you nailed it. Friggin' nailed it. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, um, it's reflection, you know, it's basically what it boils down to, right? You know, and you don't have that type of insight until you're able to sit and reflect, you know. Yeah. Others and everything, experiences, the future, the past. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people, when you view yourself not very positively, right? When, when you are really down in the dumps, it can be really hard to take a look at yourself, right? And, mm -hmm. and to really like sit with that so how did you how did how did that happen for you um well i think it was being forced to to the point where you couldn't you couldn't hide from it anymore like no matter what you did these these thoughts were creeping in you know like no matter where i go no you know i'm traveling all over the world with this beautiful woman i'm you know we went to los angeles california we went to new orleans we went to las vegas we went to colorado like we took a couple years as we're losing weight to reward ourselves with like a weekend trying like cuisine of a different part since over here we're just eating this stuff you know and we had these you know events to look forward to but no matter where I went, it was the same thing. I took that negativity, that self-doubt with me. You know, it was always there. So until I could sit down and think, okay, what am I feeling and experiencing and really try to process those things, you know, and, and for some of us, it's something, oh my God, that happened to me as a child. For some of us, it's, oh my gosh, something that's currently in my life. And for most of us, it's a combination of all these things, right? But we really are good at having our phones ready and me especially, you know, and now I can just look at these little notifications and I don't got to think, you know, in a waiting room, I remember as a kid, you know, having to think and, and, and look at boring magazines or just sit with, sit with my thoughts. And nowadays, like that's not part of life. You just have your phone charged and, you know, I'm playing this crossword puzzle or I'm, you know, posting an update, bored at the waiting room, but you're not actually bored because you're constantly engaged in some form of stimulus in your brain. And those neuro, you know, connectivity is occurring, making it so, you know, you don't have to sit and just feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm completely, I feel like I'm totally the opposite. Like I cannot sit and look at my phone. Like I am one diet ad, one t-shirt ad away. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm walking all the time. I'm outside and I don't know if 
maybe that idle time is, is maybe I have too much of that. I need to fill more of that time because I feel like I still, I'm like, okay, well, if I can do this, well, if I can do that, well, if I can get this done, well, you know, I guess it did play a bigger part on other portions of my life than I really thought about because I, when I think about it and listening to you talk, even <clears throat> like if my house is messy, people are going to assume it's because I'm overweight. I can't take care of my house. If my dogs aren't groomed properly, it's because I'm, you know, too lazy to take them to the groomer or, you know what I mean? It just, it yeah. does it into everything. Yeah. So I have, but during this quarantine time, I've really tried to, I've read a few books. I'm a big self-help booker <laughs> and just little things in there are like, Oh man, that makes so much sense. Like I've always been a helper. I've, I've, I fuel my self-worth on fixing other people's problems. If I can make somebody else happy, then that fills a little bit of the hole, you know? But there was one line, and I don't want to botch this here. I think it was in one of the Rachel Hollis books I read. But she said, you always show up for your friends. You would never not show up for your friend for a lunch date, you know? You got to show up for yourself. And that's what I've started telling my son. He's like, I just, I got to work out. I got to this. Well, you got Or you're frozen. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I... I <laughs> I think we're back. Yep, yep, we are. Okay. Fantastic. So sorry, I missed a little bit of that there, uh, Becky. Um, I, I'm just saying that it's important to show up for yourself. And if you can't commit to that, then you can't show up for other people either. You know, yeah. and that's. Okay. So <laughs> sorry, let's try to keep going here. <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Um, yeah. Okay. So take show up for yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's my new thing every day. You know, I'm like, Oh, I don't feel like doing, you know, and I don't do a huge workout. I do lunges. I do squats. I do walks, biking, whatever. But you know, every day I'm like, Oh, I still haven't done my lunges. Oh, I still haven't done my squats, you know, but I have to force myself just get out there and just do it. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's going to fix it for you. Yeah. So when you guys, now you guys did this together, right? Mm -hmm. You, you work together to lose the weight. What was that first conversation like? Or was there a, like a single conversation where that happened? Well, I think there were several conversations that led to it. Ethan had started doing keto and he was very successful. And I, by nature, and you know, you become kind of resentful when you're overweight and you see someone succeed. Yes. At this time, I was currently involved in a $1,300 three-month program to start myself. So I'm, I'm pissed because I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm sitting there eating, you know, bacon cheeseburgers without the bun, slathered in mayo with extra bacon and cheese and avocado slices. And, like, I'm eating that. And then while I'm storming through the room behind, I'm like, oh, your burger smells great. Yeah. Yeah, she's sitting there. She's sitting there eating like you know baked chicken breast with a half a slice of an orange. Like mm. I'm like, yeah, I think I think what's happening is you're starving yourself because I'm I'm starting to learn about like nutritional needs and macronutrients, and it seems to be what's happening is you are starving yourself literally. And she's like, no, no, it's not a calorie counting diet. I'm like, I get that, but here's the problem: the past week I've been counting all your calories, and you're at 600 calories a day, which isn't enough for you to function. You but know? they told I did not have to count calories, and I did not. I just followed the list. I did exactly. Yeah. So I, I have been called this weight loss clinic. I'm all upset. I'm like, I think you're starving my wife. Here's what's going on. And they're like, no, no, no. We don't believe in counting calories. I'm like, I get that. I use three different calorie counting application programs and cross-reference with the USDA data. And it seems to me that she's never ate over 700 calories in the past month. They're like, well, we just don't look at calories. I'm like, right. But if you're claiming you're not starving people and you're not too low in calories, but are, you are. So, um, yeah, it was a big Good thing. for you. Good for you for... 
calling them out. I'm like, you know, I got to muscle through. I spent this 1300 pounds. I'm going to take this hokey nonsense. It's going to be fine. I mean, it was so ridiculous. (laughs) What my first red flag is, it was telling her she couldn't have oils in her shampoos or body washes because of the fats being absorbed subcontaneously through washing yourself. I'm like, well, that's not real. Um, Okay, so... I am not an unintelligent person. I am a registered nurse. This just goes to show you how powerful being obese is. You yeah. will do whatever yeah. they tell you. But to. she snapped yeah. out of it. I mean, she didn't finish the program. She came to me and she's like, you know what? This is not sound medically. Like, well, what are you doing? Let's look at the research. And then we looked at it and she's like, oh yeah, keto works for me. And she has diverticulitis. So like her diet has to be making sure she doesn't eat some things that most people like there's keto snack mix that'll be nuts and stuff and seeds. Well, she can't eat that. So it's just making sure we're taking into account, you know, what her actual needs are as a human being too, in addition to her going low carb for that time period. And on that note, you also had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, beginning of fatty liver disease. So I'm, I'm skeptical that keto is not good for you. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. I feel like he had some great results. From yeah. Him. Like all my, all my markers went into the normal range and like, of course they did. I'm at the point now where I haven't used my inhaler in the past six months, and that means my emergency or my maintenance one. Like, I just don't really need them anymore, which is great. Um, and the, uh, the the relief I get, like, in inflammation is all great. And I've since introduced carbohydrates back into my life without any issues whatsoever by making sure I'm eating healthy, complex carbs. Last night I had a delicious sweet potato, you know, and, and lots of uh, cantaloupe and bananas throughout the day, you know, with my protein count. And it's like, as long as I'm eating whole healthy foods, it's okay. She's still in keto. As long as she's taking care of her body and meeting her needs, she's okay. And, you know, that's part of the reason, like, we're trying to talk to people is like, look, you can follow different dietary plans. You can do different things and you can start one way, switch the other way. As long as you understand what your body needs, you will be a success, you know? Yes. Ultimately, I don't feel like, I mean, Ethan had said to me once previously, which He's been reminded of several times <laughs> that keto is not magic. <laughs> After I did buy her a shirt that says keto is magic. Yeah. <laughs> true, true story. Um, but I feel like I, do, I am in calorie check now because I feel fulfilled. I'm not constantly trying yeah. to, you know, fill up. I'm not full, you know, I'm not hungry all the time. So yeah, one of the catalysts for me stopping, um, you know, being in a strict keto diet only is that I learned the hard way that um, if you like food enough, it doesn't matter whether or not you eat carbs, you are capable to gain weight, right? So like I ate enough bacon cheeseburgers towards the end and steak and eggs where even though I was not hitting near 20 carbs a day, I was gaining weight. I gained like 10 pounds and I was like, oh, well, you know, really I need to listen to what my body's telling me. And it's telling me you need to be paying attention to calories and you need to be paying attention to the quality of the food you eat. Yeah. You know, clean you know very conscious diet and i'm very careful about the foods i eat and it's working again um, yeah you know so her, she's, she's lucky she you know kind of self-regulates and as long as she's in a state of ketosis her body doesn't want to overeat yeah i mean don't get me wrong if i want to eat a pound of bacon i will ration that sucker yeah. out for the whole day yeah. <laughs> so i just want to pieces the longer it lasts <laughs> i just want to clarify something for people listening um So weight loss is like what I have spent the last few years really exploring. Uh And often it can be misinterpreted that carbs are like the enemy, right? And I just want to let people know that it's not that carbs are the enemy. It's that often what happens is we just have way, way, way too much of them. 
and so pack so many in such a small yeah and so one of the reasons very to really just break it down for people the reasons why keto is great is because if you have this huge surplus of carbohydrates what we're doing is saying we're not going to add any new ones in and your body can start to work through that right yeah yep so when she's in you know or when i was in a state of ketosis it's great because you're eating so much fat and protein which leave you fuller longer right those carbs will process quicker especially the slow or the fast digesting ones a lot of us eat like the white rice or the white flours you know those types of white sugars um and they make you hungry real quick you know that's why people will like eat a big chinese food meal here and have a lot of white rice with it and they'll be hungry again right away you know it can keep you hungry whereas you eat that giant steak with a bunch of you know broccoli covered in cheese and some eggs like you're full for like you know 12 hours you know and it's totally different than being hungry an hour later so it it just naturally helps you um whereas some of us are like yeah i still eat me and then i end up gaining weight in a state of ketosis at the end there but for the beginning it was great and you know and i credited a lot to my success and now i'm just so happy i have another way of eating that also can help sustain me and I talked to you know my my siblings are uh some of them are vegan you know and they do really great with their health one of my best friends is a vegan you know as long as they're meeting their needs it's fine I think there's so many different avenues to eating I know people who eat on a carnivore diet who make sure they supplement appropriately as long as you're making sure you're getting your vitamin needs you're getting your macronutrient needs you know like you're gonna be okay um just don't eat too much food at the end of the day and make sure it's good food for you yeah yeah the takeaway Absolutely. here, don't spend your money on a plan. <laughs> you can do this at home. <laughs> totally. And I think that it's um, like we, it, okay, thinking about what I want to say. I think so often we look at obesity as if it's almost uncurable yep. or yes. that it is even like the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we start to realize that weight loss and gain is, is really a very simple thing. Yep. And that obesity stems from it, it is the symptom that we're experiencing, right? We can really start to deal with what's going on. And it's a hundred percent curable. You you can yeah. cure it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so much easier than people understand and like what what I try to tell people and what we try to tell people is that, you know, losing 200 pounds, 300 pounds, 100 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever your, your amount you would need to lose is probably seems impossible because it is. But guess what isn't impossible? Doing one single day. Sorry, guys. So, no I heard what's not impossible is one single day. Yeah. So what's not, so what is impossible is that long feet, right? Losing all the weight at once, looking at like three months or two months or three years or two years or however long you have to go to get that end goal. That's impossible, right? That seems overwhelming, but almost anybody, or no, not almost anybody on the planet. Okay. No, we'll, we'll keep going. You can cut out whatever you don't need to. Clearly it's all your fault. Yeah. But one, <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day is very doable. 
doing a large amount of weight seems impossible, but you can do one day perfectly. Just keep repeating that one day over and over again, and you'll be successful. You know, don't worry about doing the whole thing at once. It's the same type of adage that's used in every type of addiction help. You know, whether or not you're talking about alcoholism or drugs or food, just do one day. Just fix that one thing, whether it's negative thought, you're gambling, you're angry at people. Just make it one day of doing the right actions. Make it one day of getting through it and hitting that one day goal. Anybody can hit a 24-hour goal. Just repeat that. Groundhog's Day the heck out of that until your success is 100% actualized. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. So how has losing the weight changed your life, both of you? Oh, man. Becky? Um, it's hard to say because, you know, I struggle with still seeing myself the same. Like when I look in the mirror half the time, I still, you know, it doesn't register to me. Um, I feel physically better. I feel like I can breathe so much better. I feel like I can be so much more active. My joints don't hurt anymore. I can move around. Um, so I guess for me, it's more of a mental hurdle. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one that I struggle with. <laughs> I, and for me, it's like a 50, 50, um, you know, and both of them, I still have struggles, you know, like body dysmorphia is a really real thing. And when you have loose skin that hangs around afterwards, you know, there is flaw left on your body, even when you lose weight, when you see yourself naked, so it hurts, you know, and it's painful still. Um, but at the same time, to like, know that I was wearing 6XL, and I can squeeze into just a regular large, if the, you know, shirts fitting right, it's crazy to, um, you know, just have all these rewards mentally. Mm -hmm. We were walking the other day, which in and of itself is crazy, because I can remember at my biggest, you know, like 200 pounds ago, not being able to walk to the mailbox without like, running out of breath now we're walking multiple mile laps around our neighborhood together and you know somebody stopped and you know um they're like it's waving to us and becky's like it's because we look like normal people now <laughs> like oh shoot we do you know like you know that, you know and it's silly things like that but like it's true though yeah sadly it's very true you know you see the difference in the way people treat you even the way people look at you the way people i mean yeah I would, you were, you know, I felt almost off putting like, Oh, sorry guys. I was going to pick my kid up. I'll get yeah. out of your way. I promise not to have to a heart attack. Life. I'm going to do my best to not have a heart attack in the next eight seconds. You're not going to need to call the paramedics. It'll be okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. I'm going to have friends. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> but no, like I would go grocery shopping. Uh, she does a lot of baking. She'll, you know, bake for people's birthdays or kids, uh, you know, baby showers, things of that nature. And, uh, she'd send me up to Walmart to just go buy a bag of flour or, or get some Oreos or whatever the case would be. And I would get like regular frowns. I can remember one time I was co-teaching, uh, I was co-teaching uh, science and we were doing phases of the moon and we do it with Oreos. And I had seven classes worth of Oreos I needed to buy. And each class needed about, you know, five things of Oreos. So literally here I am at my biggest, like 440 pounds, you know, with literally 225 Oreo boxes I'm checking out. Like this person thinks I'm going home and I'm just, you know, <laughs> with Oreos and cry myself eating Oreos all night. Like, but like the frowns you would get, now I could do that and somebody would naturally assume, oh, I wonder what the Oreo reason is, you know? Right. Not like, look at this dude, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was hard. I did a lot of intermittent fasting at the beginning, um, you know, and I did sometimes when I do one meal a day and there was a nice little keto restaurant at the time, um, about an hour away that we drove to and I would go to eat this uh you know delicious keto food and I saved all my calories and all my protein so I get to have uh keto pizza with some keto soup and keto mozzarella sticks 
you know, and a keto salad and I get to eat it all. And it's still like 1800 calories. I'm at like a 1200 calorie deficit for how big I am. Like, this is great. It's fantastic. And the looks I'm getting from this couple across the table at like, oh my gosh, this guy came to a healthy restaurant and he thinks he can eat healthy. And right. I'm like, I'm already down 75 pounds in like four and a half months. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. That's what I'm thinking up here. But instead I just went and I opened the door for them when they left to show them that, you know, like hatred needs to be returned with kindness. But the, and um, then I'm over there like this, literally just steaming in my seat. <laughs> like I'm, I'm taking tiny bites to make up the difference, you know, and I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by people's audacity that you don't, how can you judge me? How can you look at me and tell me who I am because of what's in front of me? That's yeah. crazy. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, like, you don't know, like, if you go out to eat and you see some dude who's like 400 pounds eating all this garbage food, like, they're probably making a bad choice. And I get that because I was there. But you also don't know if maybe this person's down 100 pounds and this is the one meal that they were looking forward to at their one favorite restaurant. How dare you even, you know, try to cast dispersions onto what's going on in someone else's life? And we have to do away with it. Even though 90% of the time we're probably right in our thinking, if that 10% of the time we're wrong and we're hurting someone needlessly, it's not worth it. And what do you gain from having that negative thought about people? So I try to monitor myself too um, out in public and not think things. You know, like when we go out places, customer service is a particular issue for my wife. If, if she does not get great service, it will be a frustration. I you start with a very nice tip at my table. You can work your way up or down. I waited tables for 11 years. So I try to give, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to tell myself, you know what, they're stressed. You know, maybe this is somebody who's, you know, struggling and this is the only job they can do. Like, let's, let's, let's be okay. So what, it took 37 minutes to get one order of chicken strips at a KFC. It's okay, you know, whereas, no. you know, she, she's being, gonna... being a night shift nurse and having to be really nice to people who are screaming, <laughs> you effing nurse, I need you in here all night long and being like, yeah. no problem, I got you. Yeah. We had a restaurant, come on, come on, go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you guys see people now who are very obviously struggling with, with weight, you know, maybe they're upwards like they're you know they're really getting up there 300 400 pounds because i know that's a lot more common down yeah. in the states than it is up here in canada yep do you have yeah. do you funny. want to like reach out to them yeah and, and say hey like yeah it's weird right because like i'll see that in public and i'll be like oh man like like i was you like not even two years ago let me let me help you but like I, I don't want to be, you know, like I would have been so offended. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't do that, you know, but it's always in my mind when I see a, a couple that's really struggling or a kid that's really struggling with a family, like I want to, luckily I do have um, the ability to just post our pictures online and then it generates people I can help. There's a gentleman right now who's 500 pounds who contacted me a week ago who I've been helping. I just, you know, I say, you know, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a clinician. I'm not a nutritionist. I can't give medical advice. All I can tell you is if I weighed such and such a pound, this is what I would follow using these links. And I send them to like a total daily energy expenditure calculator, which will show them how many calories their body needs. I say, here's a couple of these, see what your numbers are. That's what I would do. And then I would eat at a calorie deficit to lose. And then so far I've helped people lose over a thousand pounds just for free, just through messaging, just through comments, just through living my life at school. You know, somebody will ask me for help. I'll tell them, you know, I'm a teacher, you know, people who aren't really that overweight, but Oh, Hey, look, I lost 15 pounds. 
one of our good friends, they weren't overweight at all, but they lost like 30 pounds listening to us and like, uh, three month period, you know, and they went from like 170 to 150 and 160 to, to like 155 or whatever they needed to be like super quick. Yeah. You know? and it's just that super rewarding. I wish there was a way that that's something I could do all the time because I can't hit all the comments. You know, if I make a post and get a hundred thousand upvotes and 500 messages and comments, like I can't hit everybody back. There's not enough time. So, you know, I feel bad that I can't. Yeah. For me, I feel like, I, I, as a female, I don't want to approach another female and be like, well, you look yeah. uncomfortable or you look unhappy, you know, it's just yeah. not something to do. But I will help anyone who approaches me. Mm-hmm. Like with people I know in my life that I know they've complained about it. They won't ask for help. They just complain about it. Like, oh, I've got to do something or I need to do this. Or I just try to, you know, just throw a little something out there. Like, man, today's rough, but I'm going to do this. I'm going for a walk. I'm going to do my, you know what I mean? I don't know how else to you know, just get it out there. Yeah. I, would, I even struggle with, like I tell Ethan, I have all these old clothes and I know people who can use them, but I don't even want to approach them to ask them because I feel like they'll take it offensively that I'm like, well, here, you, know, you take it. I can't. Yeah, we literally it. donated yesterday uh, 12 giant hefty garbage bags worth of clothes um, to, to the local shelter here because the thing is, big people clothes is expensive yeah. and you think that if you're bigger, you wouldn't be homeless. But anyone in, in, in anywhere can become homeless here. And if you yeah. become homeless and you're bigger, what are you going to do? Like, you're still going to need, like, you'll see, if you find a really big homeless person, they're, like, wearing one pair of pants and that's all that they can fit. Like, it's sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they tend to lose weight once they're homeless over a period of time. Not even necessarily that. that, because yeah. look at every fast food restaurant you True. go to in this area. That's where they're at. They need money for food, and that's the food that you're giving them money yeah. to for. You yeah, know, you can fill yourself all day with ten dollars at McDonald's or Taco Bell. Yeah, and eat horrible food. You yeah, know, and then take three times your calorie count. You know, and that's all you can yeah. afford to do. And you don't have a house; you can't cook your food. So here's three dollars. And you're still hungry because yeah. it wasn't filling. <laughs> yeah, that's not satiating. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, it, it's it's rough, and you want to help people. And like when I go around and, and in the states, I mean, and especially where we are, Rockford is like the fast food capital mm-hmm. of the world. I think like it's it's crazy. There's no re reason for us to have gotten so big and there's no reason for so many of our neighbors our community and everyone around us to be so big and you know I want to help and that's why we want to do podcasts and we want to you know do interviews and we want to spread our story because the amount of people who send us messages like I really was giving up today and I you know am going to try I got a message for her that was some that was somebody saying that they were going to kill themselves that they were considering suicide that day and that that they settled on the day stumbled upon her picture and and then that 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 meant if another mom, another, you know, over 40 woman, over 300 pounds could lose weight like that, and so could she. So thank you, thank see, you, thank you. And the thing about that is, God, I hope that maybe they see this sometime. I can't tell you how many times I woke up and had that day. Like, I just can't do another day like this. You know, and the only, it, my only thing was my family. Like, my kids deserve to have a mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I need to figure out how to be the best mom I can be and how to get there. You know, it just, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's powerful, but I wish, I wish there was a way to have more of a reach. Um, There was more of a way that we could help inspire and show people, um, you know, as full-time professionals, as a teacher, as a nurse, it's it's difficult to, to find the time and as parents to do it. I mean, like I could literally post for five hours every morning and five hours every night responding to people and helping encourage people. And I would make such a difference, but you know, there's only so many hours in a day. 
you know, and I know I irritate her. She'll be like, come on, let's go swimming. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just out here saving the world. You know, like, no, stop, put it down. <laughs> Throw a couple comments out save for me. Man. My phone's next to you. <laughs> you know, like say this to them while I'm in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. my next question was going to be, what do we need to do on a societal level in order to help support these, these people who are struggling with it? And what I heard you say is um, you can't reach out to them. You have to provide the avenue for it. Okay, you back with us? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, I think there are things, right, societally that 100% would help the situation um, that could fix or, you know, better it. You know, first of all, like, our food pyramid is so wild in this country. Like, we emphasize, like, all right, there we go. Um, I think there just needs to be a better educational um, explanation to people about what makes you big and how you become big and how you can easily not be big and a simplification of the whole process. We make this yes. like a complicated health class with like, eat this, everything's conflicting information, eat carbs, eat them all day. Yeah, no, don't eat carbs. Yeah. We just need people to understand whole foods and calories matter. Those are the two things at the end of the day. Then you can get more nuanced and look at Mediterranean or ketosis or whatever you want. But if you just understand it, eat things from the ground, eat things from the earth, eat, you know, animals and plants and eat healthy fats and eat at a calorie deficit or a maintenance level. You'll be fine. It's really, I mean, like everything could be condensed into two pages that could save everyone. And they just need to know. Totally. And we don't teach it to them. You know, we, yeah. we overcomplicate everything. Eat whole grain cereals, eat breakfast. It's the most important part of the day. Intermittent fast. Don't eat breakfast. Yeah. You know, carbs are what fuel your exercises. Don't eat carbs or you'll get fat. Like everything is conflicting. There's no like general consensus. And it seems to me that the agricultural industry, specifically the corn companies in this country, had a heavy, heavy hand in developing our food pyramid so that they could sell things like high fructose corn syrup to the masses and they could sell things like mass amounts of corn and um, all the corn meal and corn products and all of these carbs that, you know, that they grew that was beneficial to them economically and that to us health-wise. And so that created this whole problem. And we had this country thinking, you must eat low fat, high sugar foods for, for years in the States. Yeah. Eat as much low fat as you can. And it's like, dude, fats don't make you fat. Excess calories do. And guess what's the best way to get excess calories of no nutritional value? It's sugar. It's sugar, <laughs> you know? So we just, we totally botched the whole, the whole uh, way we taught people to be healthy in this country. And so I don't know what Canada's system looks like. I'm thinking it's a little better or it's just not as preservative heavy and it's not as crazy ingredient wise as we have here in the States. Yeah. We allow basically anything that's going to give profits to these food companies to happen. And, you know, it has very bad effects. And, you know, our portion sizes are ridiculous because mm. people will eat it and they can get garbage ingredients. Like when you look at the United States versus European French fry ingredients in McDonald's. It's like three versus like, I don't know, dozens, you know? Yeah. And yeah, French fry should be a potato, salt, maybe some oil, right? That's like a McDonald's milkshake. Yeah. Truly, every time I've had one of those, it has burnt my throat. It has like 70 some ingredients in it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it should be like cream and sugar, yeah. you know? Like nope. it would Ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So we've we botched a lot. So I think societally, a lot of it could be helped that way. Also, just a better, caring, more nurturing and understanding society that doesn't shun the big is going to also go a large way in empowering people to want to lose weight. Because I know so many people don't want to work out at home. I don't work out 
at a gym or they don't want to work out at a gym. They want to work out at home. I work out at home. She works out at home. Like we don't go to a gym even after losing this weight. Like I don't want that shame no. and I want to be accepted. Like I want to build a, you know, a system. I want to build a group. I want to build a safe place for people of all forms of weight loss, all forms of healthification, whether you need to gain weight or lose weight or stay your weight. Like and I want there to be a place that's all encompassing and you know, tolerant. That, like you were saying about exercising and exercising at home, you know, I would never group exercise and I probably still never will group exercise. I literally find a spot in my backyard, portions of it have privacy fence and portions have chain link. I have to go like right in the middle of my yard to make sure my neighbors don't see me. <laughs> but that just goes to show you it can be done. You know, you've got to find your normal you have, yeah. you know and i'm not normal so and just sometimes like, you gotta think outside the box and just like with the weight loss like exercising and gaining muscle or gaining tone is so much more easy than people think like mm -hmm. we think we have to go work out for hours i i discovered something called the x3 which is like the most powerful resistance device you know known to man and it makes weight lifting a waste of time for me because if i lift weights i got to spend like 40 minutes doing all these exercises where I can literally hit muscle failure in 10 minutes a day and get more muscle than I've ever had in my life. Yeah. So many people can because it's just consistency is key and smart exercising is key. You know, like so many people don't have any idea how to lift weights or how to properly run and end up just like hurting themselves and not having form or understanding that, you know, just go for a walk a day, you know, walk a half a mile, you know, that's going to do great for you cardiovascularly. It's going to burn a little calories, mm -hmm. you know, and if we, you do a mile, do a mile. We literally started off walking around our block uh -huh. and then we were like okay if we walk our entire street it's 1.1 miles yep. we go from one end to the other and back to our house so then we started doing that and then we got up to 2.2 miles walking the perimeter yep. then we were doing that three times a day i mean you it happens so much faster than you think it would you yeah. know you just have to get out there and get it started don't say tomorrow you know and it's yeah it's not until <laughs> after i've hit two miles where i'm like oh i'm kind of starting to feel sore and i'm like oh my gosh i felt 10 times worse than this before walking to my mailbox you know yeah walking to my kids playground across mm -hmm. the street would make me 10 times as sore like let's do another mile because you know what this doesn't really feel bad you know and yeah. i feel endorphins kicking and i feel good you know wow yeah so i so agree with you guys you know it's weight or eating let's start with eating eating is very simple right and yet you know i i studied nutrition in university and you get so many different opinions on what's right and what's wrong. And right. I think you nailed it when you said, you know, eat whole foods. And um, when you say, look at the calories, I like to say, listen to your body. Yep. And, but it, it means the same thing, right? Don't overeat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, when, when you're not doing a good thing and you know, like, you push beyond that to feel sick and keep eating, like just stop eating. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Like for her, she naturally is able to just maintain and monitor her, her, her body very well. I make bad choices and know that, so I'm a little more strict. But like we say, and we tell a lot of people, weigh food, not people. Because yeah. people get obsessed with this concept that, you know what, I need to weigh myself every day. And like I've been weighing myself for the past week just out of curiosity because I only weigh once a month or so. And any given day, I'm going to be up or down five pounds. You know, like I fluctuate. Most of the time I stick around the same weight, but like one day I'm down five and the next day I'm gained seven from that. And it's like, I didn't do anything different. Like, and we, we only weigh ourselves once a week. Was that an up way, a down way? 
you know, trust in your body, trust in the foods you put in it, and you're going to be successful. Yes. You know, we get over obsessive. And even this way food on people, I, again, I see, or calories, I see this inherent um, obsessive tendency can happen there too. And you can start to obsess about how many calories and it's just that. And really you should be able to just know, you know, okay, that's a good amount. That's a fish size amount of carbs. And that's like a nice amount of lean protein. There's some healthy fats. Like your body's going to do most of the work. Like you really, once you have that base level understanding, I can look at a meal and know if it's about five to 700 calories, you know, you just got to develop that. So I think that weighing the food is only important initially to understand what your body needs and responds to. And then that, that's why she doesn't need to. She knows how much to eat. She's fine. You know? Yeah. And, you know, absolutely what you said, trusting your body, your body's going to do the, the heavy lifting here, right? It's going to do what, what needs to be done. Well, yeah, it's crazy. It's like your body wants to be healthy. It's, it's begging you to be healthy. You yes. know, you're going against it to make yourself unhealthy. So like, that's why for me, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm building muscle and losing fat simultaneously rapidly because I'm just doing what my body needs. Like, and it's, and it's like, thank you so much for doing that. Here you go. Here's your reward. It's like, oh, wow, that was yeah. easy. You know, we're, we're really like simplifying things here. And I think it's because we can see it clearly from the other side. Right. But often when, when someone's in that period of where they're really struggling, it's not as clear cut as we're making it sound. Right. hundred percent. People ask ask me um, for a a book, you know, and I'm like, "Eh, there really isn't one book because it's all long winded. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what in my experience helping people, what I find is there's often a root or there's many root causes, right? For, for why we're struggling. There's many things that are in the way from us just listening to our body. What would you say, both of you, what would you say are the main things that you think people deal with that are the root causes that maybe someone listening to this can, can point to and go, oh, you know what? That's actually what's going on for me. You know, I think a lot of times, um, it could be your significant other. It could be one comment they said in passing that they thought was funny. Right. I mean, it could be, you know, but those things build up and you hear that every day over and over again in your mind, you know, you can't help it. It's, you, you've got to get to a point where you can just, you've got to disconnect yourself from other people that way. You have to really focus on you and you really just have to, you just have to find a, a reason to get there. You know, I had a friend who just went on and on and she swears she feels good about herself and, and she, you know, doesn't really insist on needing to diet. But she talks about things other people say about her and how upsetting that is to her and I'm not that person. And I said, you know what? That can be your reason. You know, if, if your end game is just so you can tell her, whatever, I did, you know what I mean? Use what you have to, to get there. If it bothers you that much, there's more to it than that. Yeah. If, if them saying that gives you that idea, then you're already thinking that. You already have that going in your mind, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, you know, the root cause can be so many different things or could not exist. You know, for some people, it's a very traumatic event in their past. Some people, you know, they were molested as a child. Some people were beaten as a child. Some people had abandonment issues. Some people lived in poverty and were scared all the time. You know, there's so many different things that mess us up so young and just engrave into our psyche and into our perception of who we are, what we are, and what the world is that you start to break down. And a lot of us have those horrible things from their past and some 
most of us have multiple versions of things mm -hmm. that, you know, are traumatic experiences we've gone through. It's very hard to live through your life without something horrible, in, you know, impacting you and ingraining itself into you. Um, but at the same time, some people don't. Some people, you know, just really like food and struggle with having self-control and have different personality issues that are the perfect you know, mix of, you know, compulsive and neurotic to just allow them and whatever the cause is, whether it is, you know, something that's just your neurochemistry, whether it's some horrible thing from your past, I do think you have to examine it. You have to sit with it. You have to acknowledge it and you have to make friends with that demon in order to conquer it, you know, um, and you have to look at yourself. And once you have that understanding, once you have that knowledge of who you are and why you are the way you are, only then can you attempt to try to make those changes for the better. But even then so many people that's just where it is oh that's why i'm this way mm -hmm. makes sense <laughs> they just carry on you know but yeah. but at that point they have the choice yeah right? yes yes yeah. now they have the choice once they've it. gone through that yeah yeah you can choose to complain about it or you can choose to do something about it and i do yeah. think for a lot of us sitting with that pain and acknowledging it is harder than the actual weight loss journey would be because in order totally. to get to that point you have to first break that barrier down and until that's down you know you're always going to have that and even if you do lose weight it's gonna come back because you never dealt with that issue mm -hmm. you know yes. and, and like i'm still dealing with stuff from my past i'm still dealing with stuff from my current from my present my mom passed a couple years back and that was uh one of the catalysts but there were multiple catalysts right my kids you know my trip to san diego all these things were help you know catalysts but there's still stuff from my past still issues that i can't resolve that i have to sit with myself on and i have to try to make okay with and i have to find the peace in and it's part of the journey and the journey doesn't end if i reach my goal weight or goal fat percentage or what have you that journey ends when i'm self-actualized and i'm okay with who i am i so love that yeah i don't think there really is an end to the journey no you know? there's just the next chapter the next, you know, battle, the next, mm -hmm. there's always something. Yeah. This is, this stuff is my absolute passion. Um, you guys say it so eloquently and this is way more discussion, like back and forth discussion than I typically do in a podcast because I think people need to hear this, right? They, if you are listening to this right now, and this is something that you struggle with book off the rest of your day and just listen to this on repeat. Like there is so much here that you can absolutely 100% change your life. You have you, it is possible. Mm -hmm. The living proof is right in front of me that it is possible. Is there any last things that you guys want to say? Anything that we didn't cover? Just don't just don't give up on yourselves. You know, if you're listening to this and you need to get through the day, then let this be your reason today. You know? Yeah. Message us tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that one too. Hit us up. We'll try, you know, we'll, we'll try to get back to you right away and, you know, give you some words of encouragement or help you out if, it, if there's anything we can do. You know, we really want people to know that they're not alone. We can't hit everybody back, but we try to hit back as many as we can. Um, you know, you can find us on Facebook under our real names, Rebecca Spicer, Ethan Spicer. Like we're, we're there. You can send us a message. You can find us, you know, across the interwebs, you know, reach out to us, you know, and know that you're not alone in the journey that, you know, we all, we all feel, you know, 
emptiness at times. And we don't have to fill that with food or drugs or gambling or sex or anything other than our own knowledge of what will make us happy. And by filling it with that, we will be happy. And then, you know, anything will be achievable. So, you know, don't give up, do your best. And, you know, know that you're not alone. Even if you feel alone, there's so many other people that also feel alone. And so we're connected through loneliness, if nothing else. Yeah. Awesome. I can talk you through a mile, you know, I've got you. (laughs) I will post all of your contact info. Um, I'll link it in the description. So people, if you're watching this, you're looking to to reach out, you can just click on the link there and that'll be nice and easy to find. Um, A message for you as the listener, or rather a question, what are you going to do now? You've been given all of this information. You've been so much insight here. What are you going to do? If this is something that you think someone in your life would benefit from hearing, share it with them. You can absolutely change their life with this single conversation. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, you guys.